Hello and welcome to this latest uh, Business Leader Insights interview. For this interview series, uh, we talk to business figures and personalities. And today we're talking to Ellen Windermuth, the founder of the Water Bear Network, which is a free streaming service that provides access to inspirational and interesting content. If you'd like to find out more about Business Leader and our print magazine and events network, visit us at www.businessleader.co.uk. We'll start the interview now. Welcome, Ellen, and good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Well, before we, all, um, uh, we talk about Waterbear and your current focus, Ellen, I wanted to start the conversation about the early days of your production company, Off the Fence. I mean, what led you to make the decision to start your own business in the first place? I was unemployable, really. Part of that was because I was a woman. Another part of that was because I wanted to do documentaries, especially natural history documentaries, and I had not studied zoology. So um, it just really came, this realization came, I think, when I was pregnant with my first child. It's now or never. I'm going to have the baby and birth the business at the same time and just go my own way. And you mentioned that, you know, that, that uh, being unemployed, I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to. Was that, was that, was that, was that also um, because you kind of had, you know, quite strong views in how a business should be run and that, and that kind of thing? I, I did. I, I've always found myself to be a team player, but maybe my male bosses didn't feel that way. It was more, I think in my uh, case, it was a question that I was working for five young men who were used to getting lots of subsidy and lots of attention. And I found myself in this kind of rat race of doing all this work and doing all this, these deals and finding that you know they put their names in Hollywood Reporter and Variety. And I just really got tired of that. So I thought, no, I think I'm going to try to found my own company and start my own tribe um, and work on a more uh, diverse level with people. And can you just tell us just, just briefly about the, the journey with Off the Fence? So how, how big did it grow to? What, what was its reach? Well, it's grown to about 120 people now. Um, and we've been bigger than that at times. Uh, we grew to a point where we had eight worldwide offices. And when once we were world established, after we had these offices, I actually contracted the offices because uh, being big doesn't always mean that you have a good bottom line. Um, but the, the, the business formula behind Off the Fence is, is completely par for the course now, but was novel then. Um, and it was that I felt... Uh, that distributors needed to own more of the food chain. So at the time, it was uh, normal for a distribution company to only buy and sell rights. But I said, not only do we have to buy and sell rights, we have to develop programs, we have to co-finance them, we have to co-produce them, and we have to produce them ourselves. So out of that grew Off the Fence, which has a production hub and a distribution hub. So that's really how it all worked. Thank you, Ellen. And obviously, as a business like Off the Fence grows, and, and you'll know this as an entrepreneur, you know, as it grows and you lose that span of control over staff and things, you have to give up uh, a certain amount of control and, and decision making. I mean, how did you find this in your company? And what tips would you give to entrepreneurs and leaders who, who are going through that process now? Well, what I found having eight offices in eight countries uh, at the time um, if you do that, you have to have excellent managers who know the DNA of the company very well. Um, and you have to be willing to communicate with these eight managers uh, you know, 
practically on a daily basis so that you really imbue them with, uh, with the company spirit. Um, that is often difficult. Um, and I did have one or two cases. I had wonderful managers, but I did have one or two cases where a company manager went native a bit um, and suddenly took the company into a direction or you know, made a big mistake and didn't tell me about it. So those things uh, are uh, and remain uh, big hazards for business owners. Um, so I think that a business owner who wants to have many different offices has to be willing to invest in managers whom they know very well uh, and whom they're personally close to. Uh, and I also think that a, a manager who does this has to understand that you will have one or two cases along the line where you just have to close an office or get rid of a manager because they did something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, uh, Ellen. Yeah, I think the, the, the key thing there was the, the importance of kind of good, good management. And, you know, Off the Fence was acquired after 25 years. Yeah. You're still part of the business, but can you talk about that process of, of, of the acquisition and, and, and what led you to take that decision? Yes, I, I, I decided to sell off the fence when I founded Waterbear. I decided to sell off the fence because I needed to be able to spend more attention uh, on the Waterbear business, which is a future-proofing exercise for off the fence. And I thought, why should I try to be everything to everyone? Um, trying to dance at every party is, I think, a huge hazard for every entrepreneur. And every entrepreneur has different boundaries. And I, I identified what my boundaries were. I identified how much control I feel I needed to have over both of the businesses. And then I, I thought, yes, I, I really need to sell the business. And I talked to a couple of companies uh, about doing this with them, this M&A um, but I found that the company that most reflected our values and off the fence was ZDF Enterprises, which, as you know, is the for-profit arm of German public broadcaster ZDF. You, you mentioned it there, your, your new business, Waterbear. Can you just tell our, our, our viewers what that business does? Yes, Waterbear is a, a, a streaming platform uh, which we have already launched in eight countries, which is basically English-speaking world. We launched it in November. Uh, it is a platform that is interactive. It's dedicated to the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals and focuses on storytelling on the one hand with original production and acquisitions and later also TVOD. And on the other hand, it promotes the work being done in the field by uh, uh, more than 80 NGOs. Uh, we're growing the NGOs. Uh, so I think we're going to end up working uh, in close partnership with 150 or so. Um, we film the work that they do in the field uh, that we feel is, is really exemplary for ways to realize the SDGs. Uh, and then we put them on Water Bear with a call to action. So Water Bear is not an entertainment platform as much as it's a mix between entertainment, education, and action. So while you watch something, you can do one of five different things. Um, and one of the perhaps most important things you can do is while you're watching, you can engage with the NGO behind the project. You can donate to them. You can become a member. You can uh, post 
uh, things on social media help to amplify their message. Later on, you're going to be able to um, buy goods from uh, sustainable economies. You're going to be able to volunteer. You're going to be able to travel. Then again, in the post-COVID world, travel is going to be redefined, obviously. Um, but there are tons and tons of things that you can do while you are on Water Bear. On the other hand, if you just feel like leaning back and watching some great programming uh, on the SDGs, we've started with a first quarter on biodiversity because we love uh, exploring the relationship with humans and, and nature. Uh, you can also just have a good time and watch. No, thanks, Ellen. Um... I mean, one thing when we were looking into the research, Alan, it was interesting to me when, you, you know, you described yourself in the past as someone who doesn't like taking risks, which I guess is counterintuitive to, to the, the kind of the idea of an entrepreneur. Can you just tell us more about that and, and what you specifically mean? Yes, I, um, I, I think I'm in the process of revising, not wanting to take risks. M most of my life when I ran off the fence, I knew that, uh, you know, by virtue of my free will, this company existed, and by virtue of the level to which people trusted me, I was in business. So there was no way I was going to compromise the, the trust people had in me uh, or the freedom I had as a human being. I, I've always enjoyed being creative and being able to run a company with the people that I uh, have an affinity with. Um, it's changing now. Um, in that we do have to take bigger punts. Um, I think that media, the media landscape is changing by the advent of digital media. It's coming very quickly. These, uh, uh, these let's say, um, wide entertainment level platforms are all coming onto the scene and squeezing television broadcasters for advertising revenue and for eyeballs. So uh, we do have to be faster. Um, I think that Water Bear is a punt, but because it's unlike anything that exists in the marketplace, I think it's a very well-measured punt. Yeah, thanks, Alan. You mentioned there the media landscape changing and, and you, know, you know the you know the proliferation of digital media having that, that pressures on traditional media. I mean, what, and uh, where do you see Water Bear in ten years' time? Um, I think Water Bear in ten years' time will be. Uh, an entertainment platform and a tool. I think we will have 100 million viewers excluding China um, because that's the audience and that's a conservative estimate because that's the audience that I have already uh, had researched. Those are the, the people that currently already exist in the world that would be happy to engage digitally with the SDGs. Sorry about the noise outside. I'm not sure as to what's happening. Um, but there is a large machine passing my desk. Um, but the good news is it is passing. <laughs> that's that's fine, Ellen. No, 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 Sorry no problem. About that. No, 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 no problem at all. Uh, that, that's that's one of the interesting things about being live, isn't it, on on these things? But um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask. I didn't exactly know what the machine was. I couldn't even <laughs> identify what it was. Sorry about that. No, 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 no worries at all. But I just wanted to also ask you, Ellen, I mean, you've probably been asked it a lot, but how, how have you found the last kind of nine to 10 months, this, you know, the, you know, the, the pandemic and, and this kind of move to working from home and, and how has that impacted what you do in your business? Um, it's been challenging because, as I said before, I'm a team player 
And we, we're very fast at both off the fence and water bears. So we have lots of creative meetings, brainstorms, and you just can't get the same quality of great ideas if you're working off a flat screen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I miss my colleagues. Uh, they miss each other a lot. Um, and at the same time, we're also getting the job done. It's not that you can't run a media company during this pandemic because there's a huge appetite for media. We've sold more programming than ever before. We have had to do remote shooting, but we're producing more programming than ever before. And Water Bear is thriving. But there is this core togetherness that makes a business shine. And we're missing that. Um, we're very impatient as to when this thing uh, is going to allow us to go back and work together in the same office again. No, that's interesting. So, you know, what, what you say about, you know, the, the, the business is doing well, you're recording more content, but but you you, you want to get back to that being in the office, coming up with creative ideas. You, you think that, that's really important? Yeah, really important. And it doesn't mean that, you know, and I've always done that at Off the Fence and at Water Bear when we have big scripts to write, presentations to write, treatments or, or uh, uh, PowerPoints. We do that from home often uh, just to get out of the, the heavy uh, – traffic in the office, but uh, not seeing each other uh, to this extent is not something I envisage as a, a lovely future. No, thanks. And just one final question for me. What, 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 do you, what do you say drives you on, Ellen? What's your inspiration? Like, What, what makes you want to get up in the morning and, and run the business? Um, a, I love the people. And B, I really enjoy communicating and trying to balance people's views. Uh, of what is happening in the world. And at the moment, um, we're quite aware of a lot of injustice. Um, and we're quite aware that a lot of the elements that should be part and parcel of you know people's consciousness every day, they're just not there. And we would just love to say to people, here's a safe and well-researched place for you to understand what the SDGs mean and what they mean in your life. Please come and join us. That's really what drives me. Hey, thanks, Ellen. Um, that, that were my questions. Do you have any final words uh, for our viewers? Not at all. I think this machine may be coming back around the corner. So <laughs> we should end with thank you so much. Sorry for the noise and lovely to be part of this. Thank you again to our guest today, uh, Ellen uh, Windermuth. And don't forget to catch up on previous interviews and the Business Leader Insight podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for tuning today and to our guest, Ellen Windermuth.